Are you ready to grow your business by building relationships online and offline? Are you looking for a system to attract new prospects and nurture your past clients? Maybe you're a business owner, a sales professional, or an entrepreneur. If you are, then great. Join me, Janice Porter, as we blast past your barriers to success and explore the power of relationships for your business. And welcome to the Relationships Rule Podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Relationships Rule Podcast. I'm your host, Janice Porter, and I have a very special guest with me today. As always, this one's particularly special to me. This is Eric Lofholm. First of all, welcome to the show, Eric. It is great to be here, Janice. Thank you for the invite. My pleasure. My pleasure. I feel very honored. Um, Eric is a master sales trainer, and he has taught proven sales systems to thousands of professionals around the world. He's president and CEO of Eric Lofholm International, Inc., an organization he founded to professionally train people on the art and science of selling. And um, I've worked with Eric um, as one of his um, students, I suppose you would say, and I have found everything he says to be um, valuable information, and he definitely walks the walk and talks the talk. What I love, though, and I want to start here, is that um, what I've noticed is that, and it's funny because just offline we were talking about friendships and whether we have time for friends or not, but what I've noticed about you, Eric, is relationships. You know I'm all about building relationships, and this podcast is about relationships in business, and I think you have grown and correct me if I'm wrong, but I think that you have grown your business on the value of relationships that you have had with people over the years that have helped you along the way, but they're still in your life. I mean, I, I see that with, you know, things that you're doing now, but can you speak to that? Am I on the right track? Yeah. You know, I think that relationships is really, uh, not only does it make your life richer, mm -hmm. um, but one of the the many things that relationships do is um, they can open up doors for you. And so, you know, whenever I'm out wanting to grow my business, you know, a lot of times I will um, seek one of my existing relationships to help me mm -hmm. get my foot in the door. And so my most recent book, um, my book publisher, Morgan James, I leveraged my relationship with Les Brown. And then he referred me to somebody who then referred me in. And so I didn't cold call the book publisher. Right. I came in um, leveraging a relationship. And and I love doing business in that way. Uh, it just, um, you know, it's just a really fantastic way for us to grow a business as opposed to like cold calling. Well, and I think that, I think that it's building on trust, right? And so when you are able to speak to that Morgan James, for example, um, with the backing of someone as as amazing as Les Brown, your credibility comes into play and the trust that Les has with you or for you then plays into what, there's no question that, that this person would listen to you and, and pay attention. And I think, I know that just in a smaller way on LinkedIn, that's what I teach people about, you know, um, prospecting on LinkedIn and, and uh, reaching out to people is, if you leverage your second level, sorry, your first level connections to the second level, you can basically do a few things to make that an easier um, transition. You can either um, 
ask that first level connection if they will introduce you to that person in their uh, circle. Or you can ask if you could name drop them because maybe they're too busy to uh, actually do it themselves. Or you could just say, may I say hi from you or something like that. And, and that can work in both, you know, in your favor and still be, um, it's about relationships and leveraging them. So I love, I love that whole idea of um, it's not, I don't know. I used to say when people were um, looking for jobs and I guess I still say it to my kids, it's not what, you know, it's who, you know, <laughs> because yeah. right, it really is about um, leveraging those connections in a, in a positive way. Well, so I want to speak to that for just a moment. Please. So I, my two stepdaughters are 16 and 17 and um, one of them got hired at the local grocery store and it looks like the other one's going to get hired as well. And we knew somebody at the grocery store. So it kind of put our kids to the front of the line. And uh, back in the day, I used to work for uh, Tony Robbins. Yeah. And I walked into the, the office one day and asked for an application. And they gave me one. And so I, I came in cold, if you will, not leveraging a relationship. And they interviewed me. And then they called me up and said, thanks, but no thanks. We don't, we don't want to hire you. And and I'm like, I really want to work there. So then I did what you were talking about. I'm like, well, who do I know that I could name drop? And so this guy, Mark Gonzalez, I, I was pretty sure he knew somebody. So I called up Mark and it's not like we were tight buddies, but I knew him. And I'm like, hey, Mark, favor to ask, you know, can I use your name? And uh, who should I call? He goes, yeah, call Deb Hines. So I called Deb, drop Mark's name. What can I do for you, Eric? I'd like to work for you. And she goes, well, come on in for an interview. So Janice, I went into the exact same building. I'd already interviewed and been turned down. And you didn't she tell her that. You didn't tell her that. I don't remember. It was so long ago. I can't remember if I did or didn't. But the bottom line is they hired me. Yeah. And I got my dream job all through relationships. Yeah. And that never would have, I mean, I guess it's possible it could have happened, but Highly unlikely because it already turned me down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And That's it's so just this kind of like magic key, if you will. It's not magic, but it's like magic that can help us where you're leveraging the relationship that I Mark had with Deb. I leveraged yeah. that relationship and she was like, okay, sure. And I, I think there's another little piece in there too, though, that I always um, want people to understand. And that is because if somebody asks you for that kind of a favor, you have to, it has to be, um, you can only do that once, like kind of thing. You don't want to overstate your, your, you don't want to push things too much. So you have to make it the right situation. And, and I think, and also, um, you know, when someone asks you for an introduction to somebody, you have to, check with that person first to see if it's okay, because they're your network. This new person necessarily isn't. So you want to protect your network and do it if it makes sense. Would that Does that make sense to you? Yeah. I mean, we're really talking about like nurturing our existing network, valuing them. Yes. You know, I wouldn't want to do something, for example, you and I have built up a relationship now over an extended amount of time. And, and I would not want to do something to, you know, jeopardize that. Right. right. And that's really yeah. what you're talking about yeah, is, exactly. you know, really being respectful of, of the, the, your network and, and valuing your network. So um, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So make it, make it work on both sides. Now um, 
Well, the other thing that I think that started me thinking about you in relationships is that you just started this new um, uh, LinkedIn Live or a YouTube show with Dr. Moyne. And Dr. Moyne, I think, was one of your first mentors, if I'm not correct. Yes? Yeah. And how long ago? 30 years ago? Yeah, so 1994 is when he and I met. And it started off, our relationship was me hiring him as my coach and mentor. Wow. And now it's evolved into a peer relationship. Mm -hmm. And we've done um, a lot of projects together. We do consulting assignments with companies now together. We've got our our new uh, influence show that we do together. Um, We've done seminars. I've promoted him. Um, And so, I mean, that has been one of the, the most important relationships in my life. And I made a decision Back in the 90s, I was like, I'm going to hang out with Dr. Moyne as long as he's willing to hang out with me, (laughs) whether I'm paying him or whatever. Um, I just decided then it was a lifelong relationship. And, and, you know, sometimes in a training relationship, we do a course with somebody and then that's it. And we move on to learn from somebody else and other people we stick around with for a while. And, you know, maybe we have one or two people that were like, I'm a lifer, if you will. And so that decision of being a lifer with him, I recently approached him and asked him if he wanted to do this this weekly show with me. And if I wasn't of the mindset to be a in lifelong relationship with him, that of course, highly unlikely that would have ever happened. Mm-hmm. So when we when we're committed in relationships, whether it's a you know romantic relationship like a, a marriage, um, a friendship, a business relationship, some relationships I'm committed in mm-hmm. and some I'm not, you know, mm-hmm. you can't be committed to every relationship, you know? And so I think that there's a lot of value in think in, in like prioritizing relationships. And then the people that are really important to you, you knowing it, and then making sure the other person knows it. Right, right, of course. So with this special relationship with Dr. Moyne, what would you say the top two or three things that he has taught you over the years that have stuck to make you as successful as you are? Well, a a really significant thing is is the importance of mindset. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, in, in sales training, which is what I do professionally now, and back when I met him, I was learning sales, you know, we have to learn the how-to techniques. So how do you close a sale or how do you generate a lead? And the how-tos are important, but what influences how we approach the how-to techniques is the mindset. So if I view myself as a top producer, or if I view myself as a middle-of-the-pack salesperson, it's going to impact how I approach the how-to techniques. Right. In other words, if I'm middle of the pack, I need to learn the skills good enough to be middle of the pack. If I'm a top producer, then I got to learn the same content, but at a, at a mastery level. Mm-hmm. And so, um, you know, Dr. Boyne has a PhD in psychology and he really is a, a mind master. So that's been um, huge. And then on the tactical side, he's arguably the top um, script writer in the world. Really? Of sales scripting. And so uh, that has had a massive influence on how I approach, how I communicate with people and understanding 
the influence that I have in any conversation, whether it's like what we're doing here, a social media post, a direct message on social media, a sales call, recruiting somebody to come be a part of my team. Um, the way I use language has a massive impact on whether I get the yes or not. And so that's something that Dr. Moyne taught me that's, um, it's, it's not, I can't even express the value of that in words. It transcends wording is how valuable that is. Uh, that's awesome. So he, I think he also studied language, didn't he? And um, the, he loves words and, and the whole idea of, of words. So that makes sense that scripting would be something for him. So the, the one thing I picked up when I listened to one of your episodes with him was um how important, and you've taught me this too. I just, uh, you haven't taught me yet. You've told me about it. I haven't got it in me yet. I'm going, I'm working on it. Okay. Um, and that is telling stories as part of a sales presentation. Mm -hmm. And I, I pay attention when other people do it because I think it's wonderful. And it, you know, that's what gets to the heart. And I have been able to do it in some situations. I've told this same story um, for my send out cards business, um, many, many times. And each time I tell this little story that, um, the CEO of send out cards originally told, and, and so I, it's his story, but I retell it for, of him, I get goosebumps. So I know that that one works, right. But to get to that point, it does take time and it takes, um, skill and something that, um, uh, that was mentioned in this this uh, interview that you, or in this um, LinkedIn that you did was having a formula for that. You have a four-step formula, I think, for, maybe I saw that in something else, but a four-step formula for telling, um, for sales stories within. Can you share that with us? Yeah. So um, what's the problem that the person had? Um, what's the product or service that they bought from you? What's the result that it produced? And then was there a benefit of the result? So when I'm telling a story about one of my clients who did my sales training, her name is RV Robinson. Yes. So the problem she had is her bills were about 4,000 a month and she was generating about 4,000 a month in income. And she'd never been professionally trained in sales before. So that's where she was. Then she hired me, joined one of my sales training courses. So that's the product she bought. Then the result was she got professionally trained in sales. Her income, in some cases, instead of making $4,000 a month, she has some months where she's made as much as, say, $15,000 a month. So the result was got professionally trained, sales increased. And then the benefit of the result, what was she able to do with the extra money? She was able to become a homeowner, and she was able to become debt-free. So those four pieces told in the story and what you want to do with your storytelling. If any of you that are listening to this, if you're delivering presentations, instead of winging it, you want to go into the presentation with a plan. And what my mentor, Dr. Wayne taught me was figure out the success stories you're going to tell in the order that you're going to tell them in. And you want to bring the benefits to life of your product or service in the story. And you can also overcome objections. Mm. So if you're telling a story promoting send out cards, you could talk about how this real estate agent had a problem because they weren't staying in touch with their network. Mm. 
And so then this real estate agent was talking to this person at the grocery store that they'd known for many years and they informed the real estate agent that they had just sold their house. And the realtor had lost out on the opportunity and realized I hadn't stayed in touch with this person. And so they didn't think of me. And then they they sat down with you and they told you the story about what happened at the grocery store. And you said, well, do you have systems of how you stay in touch with your network? And the person said, no. So, well, I have a very simple system to stay in touch. So you're top of mind. And so they got to send out cards, a program. They started sending the cards out. And uh, last year they, they cited eight deals that they were able to close of people that they'd been sending the cards to, which made them an extra hundred thousand dollars in only one year, and they hadn't gone on a vacation in, in many years, and they took a family vacation to Hawaii. So, uh, of course, I made that up off the cuff, yeah. but if that was all true, yeah. for all of you watching or listening, Janice could tell that story every time she's talking to a real estate agent. Right. And right. then it's like, okay, for, you know, 50 or 100 or $200 a month, you can be, you know, this woman made an extra 100 grand. So it, it's very persuasive and it acts as invisible influence. And I wasn't born knowing what I just said. That's the benefit of me getting professional training from Dr. Moyne is I learned that. Now I use that technique all the time. Mm -hmm. And you teach it to other people. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, so I noticed that, um, my goodness, you're everywhere now. I mean, you've got so many web pages. You've got, you're on every, you've got your, you're doing these one minute um uh, what do you call them? Short, uh, yeah, the short form video content yeah. on YouTube, Instagram, yeah. and TikTok. Yeah, you're having short a form content. I'm live streaming. I'm doing shows. I'm doing, I I'm really taking full advantage of the social media opportunities that we all have. And I've got my foot on the gas and my mindset is expand. And a lot of people are contracting right now. They're looking at the economy or the interest rates or inflation, and it's causing them to contract, nothing wrong with that. Mm -hmm. I'm choosing to do just the opposite. So I'm taking more action than ever, especially leveraged activities like video or live streaming, where you can communicate one to many, mm -hmm. as opposed to one to one. So um, there's a lot of things that I'm doing right now, and it's um, it's working. Yeah, it seems to me that's awesome. How do you keep track? How do you do it all though? I mean, are you are you working 24 seven? Or are you having other people repurpose the original piece? And so it's not all you every time, you know what I mean? Yeah, you know, we, we create our reality with our thoughts. And so part of my thinking is um, how can I create leverage? Or how can I create more leverage? Yeah. And uh, we all, we have lots of um, tools to publish content. So for example, I do a, a 15 minute daily motivational call. And with a, a tool called Restream, mm -hmm. I do the, 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 the call, but I put it on YouTube, Facebook, in a Facebook group and LinkedIn all at the same time. Mm -hmm. And then it automatically records and then the content sits there for anybody to go back and, and watch. And it's, it's very easy for people to share it with their mm -hmm. friends or their you know, sales, sales team members, et cetera. So I have um, a way to reach people in only 15 minutes a day. Mm -hmm. And I'm reaching anywhere from 100 to 300 people a day with that piece of content. But to create that, it starts with the thinking. Mm 
Yeah. How can I create leverage? And it's a thinking of some people are like, well, I'm not good on video. So yes. if their mindset is I'm not good on video, they're not going to be publishing video. Yeah, exactly. So we yeah. want to look at the thinking, you know, how can I expand without feeling like I'm working all the time? Right. You know, I'm probably putting in uh, 40 to 50 hours a week, but I'm not, it's not like an 80 hour work week, you know, and I'm well rested and, you know, I'm working out and feeling great. And I've got time for my spiritual life, which that means going to church for me. I've got time for my family. And so I'm not in a place where I'm feeling like all I'm ever doing is working, but I'm really doing a good job of um, leverage. Yeah, that's the key for sure. Um, Leverage. Now, do you, are you a person who, um, do you read or do you listen? Do you have audible books? Do you watch videos? What do you do for your, I don't know if it's entertainment or more work. I'm not sure. Yeah. You know, one of the things about me is we have things that we, we enjoy doing without effort, like without discipline. Right. And so for some people it's Netflix and for other people it's video games. And for me, it's personal development. So I'll put the earbuds in when I'm working out. Mm -hmm. Um, I'll watch a YouTube video. Occasionally I'll listen to a podcast. Um, I've worked with coaches since the 1990s. And, uh, and I just love it. And there's certain topics that I'll get really interested in. Like right now, I'm very interested in um, hunger and the problem of hunger and the impact of not having clean water in places of the world or uh, people literally having hunger pains on a daily basis because they don't have enough food or some in extreme cases, people dying of starvation. So I'm consuming hunger content. And I'm in the in the process of creating a vision to essentially join the global team of helping solve the hunger issue, because it is a solvable problem is what I'm learning. Yes. And so I'll get like obsessed about topics okay. and then I'll just like consume everything I can find about it. And uh, so um, that's cool. That's very, very cool. Yeah. There's a lot of um, influencers, world influencers who are doing or who, who are doing that right? Who are take, looking at uh, those, uh, isn't Bill Gates one of those people or or his foundation is? Yeah, he's in a big philanthropic point of his life and, you know, giving money away. And I, I think that we really all should have at least one thing that we're doing to make the world a better place. Yeah, especially whatever today. that is, you yeah. know, and, you know, here I, I'm in, um, we're both in North America. Uh, you know, I have a refrigerator full of food. I have a pantry full of food. If I want a hot water, I, I turn on the shower. Well, there's places in the world that doesn't have that. Right. And I think that there is a responsibility for those of us that don't have to be concerned with food or hot water, mm-hmm. um, you know, to realize that there's other people in other parts of the world that are suffering just because they were born there. Yeah. And because the world is so small now, we hear about it, we see it and and so much. And when we have ways that we can, we can help. So for sure. And any issue, whether it's sex trafficking, whether it's homelessness, you know, it's all over the internet. Just go and just take a look and, and realize, wow, there's, there's a lot happening and everybody can do something. You know, everybody can can mentor one human being. Everybody can donate 25 bucks a month towards a cause. Everybody can do something. And 
I think it's it starts with the mindset that it's my responsibility to do something to make a difference. And so as I'm assisting, helping solve these world hunger issues, I want to go out and inspire other people that just with this mindset, everybody can do something. And because I think a lot of people are just like, well, it's not affecting me. So what does it matter? Yeah. Yeah. It matters because you could do something and it could matter for another human being. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's really, really um, special. Actually, that's very, that shows your kind heart. It does. Yeah. And here I've been obsessed lately with something completely different. Now I'm feeling really badly about it, but it's fascinating to me. And it is, um, I've been listening to this podcast about um, uh, con artists. And this, this is one in particular, this woman, they called her the rich girl. And she was from New York from a very wealthy family. And she has basically through credit card fraud and uh, stolen identities she has raised havoc all over the states and it's been very interesting how the the even the um the um the um police system in each place like from new york versus florida is completely different and she got off on something that was like she shouldn't have, but they didn't have prosecutors that were available. And so she got off on it. You know, anyway, it's just very fascinating to me how people have this kind of mind. And it's how she has a, she's a complete narcissist and she has no moral compass at all. And it's yeah. really fascinating. But anyway, I, I digress. But that's kind of what I've been listening to lately. Um, so uh, I wanted to ask you one other thing, and that is. Um, Uh, when, when we, uh, one of the, one of my most um, favorite words is curiosity. And one thing I picked up in something I heard you say was when you're talking about scripting messages, you're talking about either um, use curiosity or be direct. And I'm always about curiosity and asking questions and trying to find a way in when I'm talking to somebody, trying to find a way in to build rapport generally speaking, but I'm always asking questions. So first I want to ask you what your take is on curiosity. Do you think that it is um, innate or learned? And I think you might've just answered what you're most curious about today, but if there is something else, please tell me, but that's my two-part question. Yeah. I, I think curiosity is just, it's just part of being a human being. Mm. And from a from a persuasion standpoint you know what you were talking about there is that when i'm reaching out to somebody if i say to you if i send you a text let's say hey janice i've got an idea i want to share with you and i think it's going to blow your mind let me know when you have a couple minutes oh wow i'm there right yeah you kind of can't not respond right right <laughs> you, you have to because like what blow my mind what is it or let's say i call you and um you don't know me okay i say um um janice uh i just got off the phone with jordan adler and he suggested that we speak give me a call when you can and then of course for janice jordan adler somebody that she knows in in the business world and and she doesn't know me in this example, 
And the curiosity is going to motivate her to want to reach out to me and go, what, what, what is this? What's this about? Mm-hmm. So um, there's ways we can communicate with people that appeal to that, which almost require that they respond. Yeah. And so there's that. And then the other part about being direct, uh, people do things for self-serving reasons. So if you're asking somebody for their time, one way to do it is to say, hey, I'm asking you for 15 minutes and here's essentially what's in it for you. This is what I want to talk with you about. And I think it'll be a great use of your time. You know, can I get on your calendar? Mm. And so it's communicating a benefit. Mm. You know, I have been um, prospecting lately for people wanting to get better at prospecting. (laughs) And so I messaged this guy the other day, he was a real estate agent. And I sent him a Facebook message and I said, um, let me know if you're wanting to get better at prospecting. And, And if you are, I have some ideas to share with you. And so I'm basically saying, do you have this problem? And if you do, then let's talk. Mm-hmm. And if he doesn't have the problem, he doesn't have the problem. So I'm basically speaking to a way I could help this person. Did you know him already? This is somebody who I've known for many years. And I saw that he he changed careers and he recently became a real estate agent. And so I thought to myself, if I was him and I was brand new real estate agent, I might not have that prospecting muscle down yet because mm-hmm. the people have a lot of fear, mm-hmm. fear of rejection around prospecting is a big problem. And so I was intuitively sensing maybe that's an issue for him. So then we got on the phone and it turned out he, he took my call. It wasn't an issue for him. Huh? But then he said, is there anything I could do for you? And I said, well, referrals would be great for me. And so he referred me to his new real estate broker. Uh-huh. And so that was all out of back to our original conversation around relationships. Yeah, yeah. His name is Damon. I've known Damon since around the year 2000. So we go back 20, 22, 23 years. And so there was a lot of goodwill built up in our relationship, which is why he was willing to take my call likely in the first place and why right. he was willing to refer me. Right. So, um, well, and also he was smart because he's a new realtor and you never know. So that's right. He might've been thinking that, as a, now in that new position, even if this isn't his problem, he needs to be reaching out as well. He needs to be reconnecting with you. So, yeah. Exactly. That could have been the benefit to him. But Eric's asking you for a time with me. That'll be good for my business. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. It's So do you hang out on one um, platform, social media platform more than another in terms of your prospecting, or does it depend what you're doing? Like what you're, what you're promoting? I'm on Facebook mostly just out of personal preference. So I like it. I've gotten good at it. Mm -hmm. I know how the platform works. Um, I've made a lot of money with it. Um, It's helped my brand because on, on Facebook, it's not just a business platform as far as the uh, the mindset of people on there. Right. So if I'm posting stuff about my daughter yeah. or my dog, you know, that's part of the culture of it. And I regularly get greater response <laughs> posting about my dog or my kids or, or my wife and I than yeah. uh, talking about business. And so I like the energy of Facebook and, um, because I know how to do it, I can turn my Facebook time into, you know, money time, really. 
So more in the mailbox than on the news or watching the news feed, but then responding in the mailbox. Yeah. What I'll do is I'll, I'll, I've learned how to post to get engagement. Mm -hmm. That's so I'll do that strategy. I'll blend in business stuff where I'll say, Hey, I'm doing a, a webinar on this topic. If you're interested, let me know. And I'm able to like pull people off of Facebook and get them over in my webinars. I use direct messaging um, for staying in touch with people mm-hmm. and also for prospecting. Mm-hmm. And uh, I do some with LinkedIn. I just haven't spent nearly as much time on LinkedIn. Mm-hmm. So I don't, I don't really know how to predict what's going to happen there. Whereas, cause I've spent, you know, probably thousands of hours on Facebook, right. I can predict what's going to happen. Um, whereas the other platforms, I'm just not able to. Yeah, it's just where you're more comfortable you, and know it. I, I, I understand that. But then yeah. you're also on TikTok and, and um, um, Instagram posting your things as well. Do you think, are you doing that because there's new audiences there? Well, it comes back to your idea of, Eric, do you have a preference of social media platforms? And, <laughs> and I do, but I think everybody does. Yeah. So if you want to reach somebody and their preference is TikTok, you need to be there you're too. not on TikTok. <laughs> Right, And I had a guy the other day who we're going to do some business together. And he's like, Hey, I watched your TikTok video and I really liked it. And that was the first time that had happened. So there's the benefit of being, having a presence on the platform. And then there's also the benefit of just kind of creating an image of I'm everywhere. Yeah. Well, you're doing like, wow, Eric's he's on TikTok. He's on Instagram. He's on Facebook. He's doing this. He's doing that. It's like, it looks like this guy never sleeps, yeah. Yeah. right? And so for being somebody who I've created a brand around productivity and high performance, and so it, it plays into my brand. Mm-hmm. So even if somebody's not a big TikToker, but they know that I'm there, it's kind of like, wow. <laughs> it is. How, do, how does this guy do this? Yeah, that's really cool. Um so much, so much. And, and, and what I didn't say initially is, you know, you've got, I think what, 15 books that you've written, maybe more, yeah. I don't know your newest, or your latest one was continuous sales improvement, correct? Yes. Yeah, yes. That's the current one and home study courses, podcast episodes, and so much more with everything that you're doing now. And, um, and you, so if I ask you, where can someone find you if they want more information, which is the place you would want them to go? Yeah, a cu- couple things. One is I'm the only Eric Lofholm on the planet. Like there's okay. literally not another one. Oh, so wow. if you Google me, that's me. Okay. So I just Google Eric Lofholm. And then w- the first thing I would say is whatever social media platform you're on, if you're a LinkedIn person, connect with me. If you're a Facebook person, if you're a YouTube person. so. You can find all that by by um, Googling me. And yeah. then, you know, Janice talked about the Influence Show. That's the, the show I do with Dr. Moyne every Monday at 4 Pacific. So we we have the domain name, www.theinfluenceshow.com. And you can find all the recordings there and when live and all that. And so that's a fun thing to just come, you can come and hang out with us yeah. once a week if you want. And um, so, but there's lots of, Lots of ways to plug in. If you're looking for sales increasing content, motivational content, um, yeah, I have paid services, but there's a tremendous amount for free. There is. Access. And we're putting out new content pretty much daily. 
Yeah, you're very generous with your content. Um, so one last question. What's your best piece of advice that you would like to share with my audience who I think will have enjoyed everything that you've had to say? One of my favorite ideas is to think in decades. And I think most people, they're thinking five years out into the future or less. And so, for example, I'm 52. I'm thinking into my 60s. 70s, 80s. I haven't yet got to my 90s, but I'm thinking about things like how do I want my body to move in my 80s? What do I want to have happen with my finances in my 80s? What do I want my career to be like in my 80s? Because if I want to be in a good financial place in my 80s, I need to be making good financial decisions now. Right. I can't put off my health and go, well, I'm in good shape now just because I'm 52 and whatever, and I don't have to work at it much, which I don't really, you know, I don't have to do that much with my fitness, although I do work out quite a bit, but it's more of a mindset. If I want to be able to take my grandkids on walks, I better take care of myself. And I think a lot of people, if you ask them, like, if their fitness is not a priority, it's like, what's going on with that? And it's like, well, it's, it's not on my radar right now. Yes, I hear you. It's like, well, what's predictably going to happen if it's not on your radar? If your finances aren't on your radar, mm -hmm. you're going to be broke when you get older. If your fitness is not on your radar, you might have a bunch of unnecessary health challenges. So why not make good decisions now so you have the benefit of now and the benefit of your future? I, I'm going to be in great shape the rest of my life. I'm going to be fine financially for the rest of my life because... I'm paying attention yeah. and I'm thinking about the future. And so that's, that's a, a fun idea that I like. That's amazing. And it's a great place for us to, to clock off because that is really good advice and good food for thought for everybody, I think. So thank you again for your time. Thank you for uh, your wisdom. And um, if, if you like what you heard, please leave a, um, a review. We love five-star reviews and share it with your friends. And remember to stay connected and be remembered. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast today. If this show has inspired you to reach out to connect to someone new or nurture a current or past relationship, and you think that others can benefit from listening, please share this episode. If you have feedback or questions about the episode, please leave a note in the comment sections below. If you would like to receive automatic updates of new podcast episodes, you can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or Stitcher or from the podcast app on your mobile device. Ratings and reviews from my listeners are extremely valuable to me and greatly appreciated. They help the podcast rank higher on iTunes, which exposes my show to more awesome listeners like you. So if you have a minute, please leave an honest review on iTunes. And remember to stay connected and be remembered.